And now, live from the studios of Freedom's Phoenix, Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! Declare your independence with me, Ernest Hancock, the LibertyAdvisor.com uh, temperature. And we're going to get learnified on a bunch of stuff that's happening now. I, the stock market is just being stupid to the point that I, I guess somebody can make money at it or protect with, you know, I'm, I'll stay over here. You know, how much more silver can I buy? I, I'm, you know, crypto is going up and down and up and down. Now, it's generally up. I mean, if you had some, I don't know if you're trying to play it now, you'll get your butt kicked. But, you know, when it gets down and low, oh, it's see, I told you it's never going to work. I can't believe you guys even bought it. That's when you buy it. Then you sit back and you wait until this happens again. <laughs> you know, hodl, hold on for dear life. You know, that's where that came from. Hodl was somebody, I don't know, some... Uh, prominent individual would just say hold, you know, and spell it wrong. You know, HO said they got the D and L transverse, so they just just made a thing out of it. Hold on for dear life. That's where that came from, and that's kind of the mindset on it. Well, is that the same thing for stocks? Which stocks? You know, or are you counting on your four hundred one k? Well, that's what Tim Pachot's going to help us with. Liberty Advisor is it's the LibertyAdvisor dot com, right? Yeah, somebody else already has Liberty Advisor. They're not really using it, and uh, I'm sort of waiting for that till that expires, and so I am watching that one closely to maybe purchase that one. But, uh, yeah, so it's the Dell Liberty Advisor because someone already took the other one. So Bastards. Okay. Well, the one thing uh, – we had uh, uh, John Snyzen on yesterday. He deals a lot internationally in Europe and – you know, because, you know, he pays attention to America, Europe, he's in Canada, and so on. And you guys got your own show, that Tim and John. How did it become Tim and John's show? I mean, well, how come not John and Tim's show? You know, who decided that? Well, Tim was doing most of the uploading and video editing and other crap, so uh, that's why it was Tim and John's show. But now we've got another guy that does a lot of that stuff for us now. But, uh, but yeah, to your point, the, the market right now is pretty much not pretty much it's a it's a complete rig casino where just so many unusual things i mean and i'm only mentioning these stocks in case the sec is listening because they're in the news but you've got things like live nation which is you know basically master and they're you know with an earshot of an all-time high and just recently was at an all-time high off at a company that markets live events i mean who's going to live events right now and they're at you know, these crazy, ridiculous all-time highs. And then what is going on with GameStop for its, you know, its 
This is okay. Tell me, tell me this GameStop thing. I've I've seen it in the news. I think we had a story yesterday on Freeman's Phoenix GameStop and the squeeze and short squeeze. And I keep hearing about short squeezes on different stocks and you know Tesla this and that and so on. Short squeeze. Before we even get into the GameStop thing, explain to me what the hell a short squeeze is. So when you short a stock, I mean, without getting like super technical, basically you're betting against it and you're betting that the price is going to go down. So you're taking somebody else's stock and basically kind of like borrowing it. And then in order to close out your position, so let's say you bought a stock at $100 and you think it's going to go down to 50 and you know, then it goes down to 50 And if you want to then cash out, how you cash out is you then have to buy that stock back. And then that then at that point you're closed up. So in a short squeeze, what the there's, I mean, there's okay, whoa, whoa, you lost me already. Okay, hold on. I got a hundred dollars. I want to short a stock, and these calls, puts, you know, blah 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 blah. But then there's a short squeeze. I gotta get that part in That's there different. so we understand. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, explain it to me. You know, I mean, it's not a, it's not so, uh, selling, uh, it's not buying a, a shorting a stock. A short squeeze is something else. Um, when you were saying calls and puts, so a put is different than it's a similar concept except with a, a finite amount that you can lose, and that's how much you paid for the put. With a short, when you short a stock, the losses are unlimited because you, and, and that's why, and, and I'll get into that in a moment, but that's why you have a hedge fund right now that's blowing up because the losses to the downside are uh, are infinity. Like you go bankrupt, you could actually lose more than a hundred percent in shorting a stock if you're not protected correctly. But in a put option, you know, if you paid five dollars for a put and it goes to zero, you lose your five dollar put option. And that's the most you can lose. So in a short so in a short squeeze, what is going what basically what was going on with GameStop is you had a prominent hedge fund that was betting against GameStop and the amount of short the percentage that was short the stock was like over a hundred percent of the outstanding stock was sold short, which is almost never happened. So it was something like a, it was something around like hundred and forty percent or something like okay, that. Now, was whoa, whoa, sold stop. Short. How is that even possible? This is kind of what Patrick Byrne was going on about overstock because they're selling yeah. more stock than was in existence. So it, so you have a hundred and forty percent of the stock of the down. What? I, I see you can't yeah. glaze over this stuff, man. This is you got to explain this to me. Yeah, so I mean, it's a it's a leverage play. So people are on margin, and so you're able to. I mean, effectively, there's more than a hundred percent. I mean, more money was dedicated to the stock going down than, than it was going up. And what had happened was there's this Reddit forum called Wall Street Bets, which I actually never knew about until uh, a couple of days ago. And there's 2 million people on this Reddit forum. And one of their darling stocks that a lot of these people liked was GameStop. And then they found out that this one hedge fund guy was going against it at Melvin Capital. And so basically these, you know, 2 million army of day traders went up against a billionaire. And then the billionaire got his ass kicked. And so, you know, like a month ago, the stock was at 20 or actually, you know, probably like a couple of weeks ago, the stock was at $18. And so somebody else came out with a research report saying they think it's going to go down. And that guy got attacked and they came after him. And so what they, so what happens when in a short squeeze is that in order to close out your position, you have to buy the stock back. So a lot of people that were short this stock, you know, you start, you know, you start going from 18 
20, up to 30, up to 40. I mean, you're getting your butt handed to you. And so in order to stop the losses, you need to buy back the stock. But to buy back the stock, then you're creating more demand. You got all these Redditors people buying the stock while you have the people that are getting squeezed out of their position. That's why it's a short squeeze because they need to they need to buy back their position. And so if these people thought the stock was overvalued at 18, they definitely think it's overvalued at 100. They definitely think it's overvalued at 200. And, and actually, the craziness, when I came on air, it was up 98%, and now it's up 68%. Today, just right now, it's up 68% in just the last two hours. And then, uh, and, and so it's just called a short squeeze because there's very little shares kind of outstanding. And then if you to close out your position, you need to buy that back, which creates more momentum. And you've got all the people, all these day traders who are, uh, you know, buying into this at the same point that these hedge funds are going to have to close out of the position. And so this hedge fund was about to blow up. And then they got a loan from another hedge fund that had positions in that hedge fund. And then, and then now that, I mean, who, I mean, it's just so such a crazy thing with having, I mean, basically, GameStop is a company that sells game. I mean, they sell. Yeah, it's a video retail outlet at, that has uh, you know games for your PS, whatever the hell, you know. So it's just yeah, like back in the day, I think it was called Electronic Boutique, so people might remember that or EB Games. I think they ended up merging. They're or, in the mall or something, and stuff so like that. I think they also sell used games too. You know, they're kind of like a record store. Yeah. You know the. Um, I want to understand this more because more of this stuff happens, and it's a sign of there's a bunch of money out there getting flung around. And when when does that happen? When there's a bunch of easy money, and then the stock market goes. These are all signs of this, you know. So I we need to understand it more. We will when we to be a part of the show. Call six zero two two six four twenty eight hundred six zero two. Two six four twenty eight hundred, and now Ernest Hancock. All right, I'm trying to in the break get an understanding so I can simply explain it, and it's not happening yet. But it's just like when you watch the Big Short, the movie of what happened. They call it credit default swaps that you know send us into oblivion, and then they go, "Yeah, well, we'll call it something else and do it again." It's just. Juggling all kinds of crap because we can Wall Street and politicians and they can get away with it and separate you from your money. But a short squeeze is like if I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, Tim, trying to simplify this for me. Um, I have a stock that's out there. It's worth $100. You know, I go, okay, I think it's going to be $50. So I'm going to go ahead and short that in such a way that I'm going to borrow it from you. And say, and I, do I set an amount? Do I say fifty at fifty? I get to buy it back, and then, uh, and they say, okay, fine. I mean, you know, explain that to me. Do I set an amount to where I think it's going to go down? Oh, uh, you could. I mean, at that point, essentially, what you're doing is putting in a buy order. So you put a limit buy, saying, hey, we want to buy when X Y Z stock hits fifty. And so you're well, hell. I do that all the time. You know, when I used to play on the stock market, I go. Yeah, when I just say, hell, you do it on Bittrex with, with crypto. When it hits this, let me know. Just buy it, you know? What, what good is that? Yeah, now the, problem is it can go, now the problem is it can go the opposite direction. So instead of going to $50, it could go to $550, and then and then you're screwed. Then I, then I don't so buy especially, it. Especially, you know, you're on. 
And but the thing is, but the thing is, you can lose more than that. But then eventually, you can lose more than a hundred. Okay, so I'm committing. So you, so, so you're on margin too, and so uh, eventually you're going to get a margin call because you're not going to have enough. You're not going to have enough money in your account, and so then you're because I mean, if something is up, you know, let's say you put your money in this, you know, you got to maintain a certain margin, and, and so if something goes parabolic, stupid, like GameStop is doing, I mean, GameStop's up twenty percent just since the break. To give you an idea of how crazy this is, just since the last break, it's up twenty percent. And there's another stock doing the exact same thing right now. Uh, AMC Entertainment Holdings is up two hundred and twelve percent today, this morning, uh, because that was another one of these stocks that I think that that Melvin Capital was also shorting. So there, so now this this Wall Street this uh, Wall Street bets Reddit crowd is literally trying to take down these billionaires, and so it's it's actually quite awesome it's almost like a robin hood type thing where you've got these uh you know i mean someone's gonna walk away you know a lot of people are gonna walk away you know losing a lot of money off of this and a few people probably make a bunch of money off of it but uh it's i mean i think that the wall street crowd has the right idea that GameStop is probably not a great long-term thing to be in well it doesn't you know, matter if you got two million where... people sitting there wanting to screw you because they want to screw you yeah I mean, yeah, no, that... exactly. So that's not, you know, I wouldn't really consider this investing. I mean, this is at this point, it's, you know, complete gambling and speculation, but they're doing, so now you've got people who are now actively researching companies that have gigantic uh, short interest and then are buying those and then, you know, going on these Reddit forums and then hordes of other people to buy them with the intent to basically squeeze out these billionaires and, uh, you know, cause a lot of pain for them. You know, I'm not shedding any tears for, you know, billionaire hedge fund New York City guys losing much money because because what they could have done is they could have also, these hedge fund guys could have bought call options to help protect their position in case they ended up, which could have helped. Well, no, they do the same thing. They're whales going around spreading their money, and I go, it's going to go up because I bought a bunch. It's going to go down because I sold a bunch. I mean, they've been doing this forever. You know, without competition, yeah. it's yeah. the big yeah. banks doing the same thing. You got a small market cap like crypto, and they'll just, you know, buy and sell, buy and sell, manipulate the market all the hell and back and forth because they can. You know, so I, 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 I mean, what do you think was going to happen sooner or later? You know, th- this stuff happens. So I can see where, but it seems like it's almost, um, well, it's more just making money. They're doing it because they can. They probably, like Robin Hood was some kid in his grandma's basement could, you know, trade without a whole bunch of regulation and doing the, That was kind of the problem there. But it was this. It was have crowd power. They're just doing it because they can. And they're coordinated on a Reddit or they're you know, coordinating because do they really think the company like AMC is going to start making a whole bunch of money on movie tickets wearing a mask? I mean, you know, I... I that's not the point. It's because they can, but I need to understand the mechanism for it. So if somebody comes in and they see that there's a bunch of shorts on a, a product, and Telza was a good uh, point for this because they were looking at not the future. They didn't have this Steve Jobs. We're we love us some you know Apple or it's Elon Musk. We love us some invest in the future. We got a cause and onward uh, soldiers. What? They were doing is the other side is going. No, your financial suck. You're not going to do it. And they were beating it into the ground in the media. They get you know Jim Cramer up there to go sell, 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 sell. You know whatever the heck they got to do in the media and hammer it. And then you got the the fanboys going. No, 
Keep doing that. We're just going to keep buying it. We're going to keep buying it. We're going to keep buying it. Oh, we made a bunch of money off of you. You lost money. Ha, 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 screws you. What's the fundamentals? A lot of times it doesn't matter. They were investing in a future. They were investing in, or they're investing just to screw you. That is, I understand that part, you know, and the billionaires are coming up against crowdfunding of people. Oh, yeah, it's called the Internet and it sucks to be you. Then there'll be a law. You're not allowed to do this anymore. Our billionaires got screwed and they can't give us enough campaign contributions. So we're going to change something. But what I don't understand is I need to understand how the, 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 the market works. If I'm a rich guy and I come in and I'm going to sell, I think it's going to go short. Then I go in and I register with somebody. I'm going to somebody and saying, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take these number of stock and I'm gonna say that these hundred dollar shares are going to go to fifty. So, so I'm gonna buy, you know, uh, you know, ten shares at thousand dollars, and I give this hundred dollar stock thousand dollars. It's gonna go, and I borrow that from I guess somebody that would sell it to me. And uh, how long do I get to borrow it? I mean, forever." You know, or a limited time. When does, when does he get back? How does it work? Bankrupt. Well, how does that well, work? Well, until you get a margin call and go bankrupt. Okay, now they're, you're talking about they're doing it on margin. Now they're not even putting up, you know, any money. They're they're putting up a little bit or... Well, no, you are you are putting up... Yeah, you have to have a certain percentage depending on the brokerage. I mean, let's say it's probably like 30 to 50% that you probably have to keep in there. And so... You can hypothetically lose more than a hundred percent in this type of arrangement, and so uh, and so these guys had Melvin Capital had other hedge funds invested in them, and then some of those other hedge funds had to go extend them a loan to basically help protect their own butts. And then, I mean, things are getting so wild right now that so right the crowd, the Reddit went, "Oh, got more hedge funds! Oh, another one's going to bail them out! Hell, bring the government in! It's all good, man! Everybody, bye, 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 bye! We're going to screw everybody because yeah. we." And can. there's so much activity. This there's so much activity this morning that I'm reading a report right now on Zero Hedge that E Trade is down, Robinhood is down, TD Ameritrade is having problems, Charles Schwab is having problems, Reddit's having problems, Fidelity's having problems. LA Financial is having problems. Vanguard's having problems. TD Bank is having problems. Merrill Bank of America is having problems. Weeble is having problems. Interactive Broker and Vanguard are all because there's so many retail people going crazy on their platforms right now that there's outages all across the country at major broker dealers right now. Wow. Which is, which, it's, it's, which, on, like, it's on zero hype right now. Well, has there been any precedent in history for this? When we come back, that's uh, what we're I mean, going to find a, out. When we, on. We're going into break. When we come back, Tim's going to explain it to us. What, what does this mean? Is- roads? It's the Ernest Hancock Show. Where we're going, there aren't any roads. And we got Tim Pachot on LibertyAdvisor.com trying to understand what the heck is going on. Because as we're looking at Donna, go ahead and start putting up this, um, you know, Wall Street's going to crap. You know, retail brokerages suffer widespread outages as short squeeze sur- surge accelerates. Retail brokerages are going out. Uh, it's, it's broke. We wish we could trade, but, uh, you know, eh, we turned it off. I mean, what do you mean outages? Uh, I mean, I was just trying to make a trade on TD Ameritrade. Well, I did right before I came on air, and it was going slower than usual. It worked, but it was seemed like it was taking longer than usual. But uh, to load the page, but it worked. Um, but yeah, it's. 
yeah, I don't really know what's going on. I mean, you just maybe they're just getting overloaded, like scaling issue that, you know, a lot of times they don't really have, you know, you, know, you get some sort of 10x, 100x bandwidth, like a Bitcoin scaling type problem. No, I don't know. I'm just speculating. Yeah, well, they have a, a thing so called down detector. You know, it's down, you know, it's like, I guess it's, I guess it happens enough when you don't want it to happen. They got a, a detector, you know, so uh, reports that, Robinhood, Ameritrade, E-Trade, Charles Schwab, Fidelity are experiencing issues or outages as a U.S. cash session began around 9.30 Eastern time. So U.S. cash session, what does that mean? Uh, what did you say? U.S. what? U.S. cash what? Cash session began. Outages as the U.S. cash session uh, began. It probably, it probably means that, I'm guessing it means when the market opens. All right. Well, they got to use a little special words. And so, and actually, I just went. I just went to downdetector.com too. Uh, I've never been there before, so you can see, I guess, all the different companies that are down right now or big problems that they're having. Really? Okay. And so, even even company, even fifth. Yeah, I've never been there before. But you know, I remember there was a a movie. It was uh, Broken Arrow. You know, it was about uh, it was uh, John Travolta and. Um, uh, Ethan Hawke or something, whatever, doesn't matter. They they were, you know, transporting a nuclear device on the plane, and then one you know, Travolta guy, you know, tries to steal it, and it's outquit it and so on. So they call it a broken arrow. You When you lose a, a nuke, they're, oh, broken arrow, man. They get all serious about that. And I remember one of the characters from uh, the administration is out, you know, evaluating the situation, see what's up. And he goes, I don't know what scares me more, that we lost it or it happens enough that we got a name for it. And that's what I'm looking at down detector. I don't know what, you know, is more worrisome that, you know, you have uh, trading go down when people want to trade or they got a site for it. You know what I mean? So it's it's like when um, that's one thing about cryptos. Um, you know, if the internet's up, it, it, it works, maybe not on an exchange, but if you're exchanging between people, but what happens when the exchange goes down, that's is what you're talking about. Third party, uh, intervention shenanigans. Uh, it's, it's kind of your money. You just can't have it now. So it's always, and, and this happened with Bitcoin when it shot up before you would, lose a gazillion dollars in one transaction fee and two just a delay of it happening so i'm is there any i I guess you're always using one of these brokerage houses houses to be able to make a trade right there's not like a person to person now i mean i know that they have the technologies use something like t0 and i've heard patrick talk about this that you know it's technically feasible possible to have you know like an Apple stock being represented by a token and in the future have like atomic swap where you can trade Bitcoin for Apple or, or I can trade my Apple for your Tesla just as a two examples. But the thing is from a regulatory KYC, the government needs to know every single thing you're doing standpoint will never be uh, allowed because you've got these big banks and brokerages who make billions of dollars off of putting themselves in the middle of all this stuff in the name of, uh, you know, convenience in the name of, you know, we care about you, terrorist, Patriot Act type stuff. And so from a regulatory standpoint, it can't be done. But from a practic- from a technological standpoint, it, it seems like it very well could okay, be done. Could this also uh, be so- a PSYOP? I see PSYOP in everything. Could this, what's happening right now, be a PSYOP for fundamental changes in the way the market works? 
the all the websites going down or the short squeezing or which yeah which there's going to be gazillions of people going hey man about? i couldn't trade when i wanted to you're saying the great american capitalist system of it was closed and you know, or i can't or they overcame or they did this you know that and kind of the trade and the three-day waiting or the later of a settlement of something you know there go, this is all the stuff that t0 patrick burn what patrick burn did when he experienced that more of his Stock was out there being traded than existed, and they were, you know, doing this short thing, trying to make money off of his company, run it in the ground. They didn't like him of whatever. So when we started, this is when we started having Patrick on back in oh nine ten. You know, I you know, Patrick Byrne and I weren't, you know, about philosophy, you know, in the beginning so much as we were about what happened to his company and how the financial system worked. When blockchain technology came around, he understood that a lot of the problems that was happening with the this this pig's breakfast he called it you know there everybody was just bleeding it didn't matter who won or lost it was all the houses and the brokers and all of them got you know a glean cleaning of everything that was trade so he's going the whole system has just got this bleed that goes to everybody that doesn't actually produce or do anything he goes this sucks and it's because of this delay the settlement you buy it it'll be a day a two or three or whatever never that it actually settles and you physically own it so he's going with Blockchain technology created, and it's on NASDAQ, and he actually is using it to trade some, I think, overstocks on it. And uh, it's called T0, where there's zero time from the actual trade to the settlement. T transaction, zero time. So I'm I, I'm seeing this happen. I'm going, how is that not a solution? You see my point? Yeah, no, and I was very supportive of everything that Patrick was doing, uh, both I guess then and still what he's doing and the other government things that he's up to. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of money to be made in the middle of putting yourself in the middle of all this stuff or having, you know, one day to settle, there's money to be made. And so, you know, Patrick is going up against this legacy type system and, and, uh, and but the thing is, I mean, we're, we're here talking about the minutia of a lot of these different topics, but you know, I think the more important thing to kind of focus on is that, Everything is going to be going digital. They're going to have a digital Fed coin that you've been talking about longer than probably anybody out there. And I think we're at the precipice where it's happening right now. And so we don't yeah. want to necessarily lose focus of that. And we have, a, you know, a, one of the uh, the new SEC guy is a Gary Gensler, which he was a Goldman Sachs guy that I think was, you know, in charge. He would have been the guy that would have gotten like John Corzine in trouble, but John Corzine was his former CEO, huh. at, you know, uh, at Goldman Sachs. So when he was, so when Gensler was at the CFTC, he didn't do anything to, uh, to him. And then he's also teaching like blockchain classes, I think at MIT. So you've got an SEC guy that's pro Bitcoin. And then you are, and then you've also have a, uh, I think the new office of comp control currency. Currently it's a Coinbase guy. Uh, a former legal advisor. And then now I think they want to put in like a Ripple board member. So, I mean, maybe, I mean, I'm not a fan of Ripple, but maybe, uh, maybe that could be positive news for Ripple. Who knows? I'm not, you know, not, not touching it, but um, it's, yeah. So, I mean, they're going to tie it to the vaccine rollout. I mean, all this stuff is happening. You see, you know, I think I saw Universal basic income mechanism. Yeah. And then they're going to, they're, you're talking about having the vaccine to fly now. I mean, I mean, I knew that it was coming, which is one of the reasons why I was looking into getting an RV because my family lives in New York. So, you know, it's um, and they're probably going to extend it to hotels. So we're just all going to be second class citizens that aren't able to 
uh, you know, fly or not able to go to a hotel and, you know, just trying to make life inconvenient. But, you know, I've, I've still not worn a mask in almost seven months now, not even once. So it's, uh, you know, it's, and I'm still having a pretty good time. So, but I mean, it's not, you know, super fun. I mean, I wish, uh, you know, I wish I didn't have to do this, but I, but I've seen some people persisting. Like Josh and I were at the store the other day and we saw 12 people walking around the Safeway without a mask. Now it's, very unusual. Maybe it's like usually like one other person usually in the grocery store. But you know, the other day we saw twelve. We're like, oh man, what's going on? This is maybe Saturday night. It's, so. it's a flash mob. Um, and, and then you go to like a, you go to a park and you see uh, like hundreds of people and little kids all running around and maybe five percent have mask on. But show, this goes to show you that people don't care. They're just worried about what seventeen-year-olds say to them. You know, at the front of the or not? They go and, More you know, temperature, Liberty yeah. Advisor. It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. With Tim Pachote, the LibertyAdvisor.com. You know, we're talking about a lot of, you know, these things that are happening in and around the stock market. You know, that you say it, I, I go on uh, uh, Zero Hedge or, you know, any of the other sites that you look at. Oh, man, it's all the talk. Oh, this uh, um, short squeeze thing is you know kicking ass on whatever and the only time i ever heard this really before i mean you hear it kind of in the background but it was uh with tesla you know tesla they were they man they were doing everything they could to drive that into the ground because they thought they could and they could make a bunch of money and i guess they had well they haven't made any profit and well they did the same thing with amazon you know amazon didn't make profit for a freaking decade or more you know so it just they kept hammering on hammering on hammering on it and you got the fanboys or other people or investors. They go, well, we'll keep buying it. And uh, good, we like it when you kind of drive it down. It makes it cheaper for us. And then they buy more, and it, it, and they get overwhelmed, and people go bankrupt. And they get the crap beat out of them. And a lot of people did on Tesla also because they're up against an opinion or a mood. And that's where you see um, people like the Elliott wave. Elliott was a you know it's organic uh, fractal. You can see repeating um, patterns in nature and organics everywhere. And he goes, and the practice that I'd have on a regular basis, and he'd call it, you know, on metals, you know, they're going up and down and different things. He said, stock market is human beings interacting with a number. It, it demonstrates, they make it easy because it's a number. I got a number out here. It represents all that. I go, but what about the fraud? What about the coercion? What about the government? What about the intervention? What about goes? That's all part of it. Of course, it's always that. You know, it's nature. I mean, there's always interventions from out of the work or whatever. But there's a general mood thing going on. Well, a lot of that is in you know using social media. Well, all of a sudden, Tim Pachote is like, eh, you know, we're not playing anymore. Well, you know, tell the people about what you've done and how that's uh, influenced or impacted your. Um, advice on economics what i've done from like a money management client standpoint or what i've done from well both i mean you know well first i want to know you know that you deplatformed yourself or don't want you don't do and then how not having that influence you now how it's uh, impacted you know your advice i mean so it's both you know start off with you know what sites you've abandoned or something 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's really impacted my advice any, but it has freed up a lot more time, a lot more headspace. And effectively, when I got on Facebook in 2004, you know, probably before just about almost anybody and was a daily user wasting my time in there, you know, from the age of 18 to all the way to now. So it's, uh, you know, it feels freeing to get off of there. But, you know, if you're not talking to anybody and you're, you know, the first two months I created like a fan page, I had 32,000 people following it. And then you were telling me, hey, you got to get emails, got to get emails. And, but, you know, I was only two months into it and fighting what I thought was, you know, trying to keep uh, Hillary out of there. And then, you know, November 16th, 2016, I was completely shadow banned and they effectively cut off my ability to reach anybody. And so at this point, you know, we pay our attention and what you watch, what you are are focusing on, you know, our data is worth something. And these people that hate us and are trying to bring in, you know, communism and to the, you know, worldwide are making money off of me while suppressing me. And so I don't want to play that game. And I see other libertarians who are like, you know, we need to lobby Facebook to get back on there. And I saw, you know, there's some, you know, prominent libertarians who did get recently reinstated and they're like, yay, we're back on Facebook. And I'm like, what am I, what is the point of being of having you know, libertarian groups, like even like Mises groups on Facebook? I'm like, we can't even get off of, and he's saying we, you know, but if, you know, the more hardcore people, if we can't even leave the platform and we're addicted to it, then wh- then who else is going to? So I was planning on getting off before the end of the year, and then I got super busy and uh, I wanted to make sort of a, uh, like a, you know, have some sort of spectacle of it. And so, I, uh, you know, waited till the Chinese agent, Joe Biden, got in there. And at that point, uh, you know, went on like a two hour live stream rant, which uh, you can find at the Liberty Advisor show dot com. Or if you just go to the Liberty Advisor, there's a media section. And so now I've got my own website where I've got videos that are linked on like a private server type deal. And I've got them backed up in my own server. And you can go directly to the website and you're not watching a YouTube video. You're not watching any of that other crap, which you still can. I haven't been kicked off of there yet. But most, I mean, for the last two years, just like yourself, just like a lot of audience members, I've been telling people to go to BitChute and, you know, okay, great. I've got like 300 people over there. I've been telling people to go to the library and probably have 300 people over there and been telling people to do other things. But nobody, you know, necessity is the mother of all invention. And now Josh is kicking butt big time on BitChute. Like every video he does now on BitChute is getting like 15,000 views on BitChute. So he's got like 16,000 views. uh, I think subscribers and, and he gets like 15, 16,000 for every video now. And that's rapidly increasing. So we're actually bigger World alternative media. Now is actually bigger on getting more views on BitChute than we were in the waning days of YouTube because of all the censorship that was going on. So, I mean, it's actually, you know, it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger, but you know, he still doesn't have a website and he's still, God. you know, uh, you know, all things that I've, you know, been pitching at him about, uh, even as recently as yesterday. So, but, you know, it's – and then in terms of the advice, I mean, it's not – you know, I'm not wasting my time on all that BS anymore. And, and actually, I just read this, speaking of wasting time, I, I just saw this right now. We were talking about two masks during the break. <clears throat> there's actually – on InfoWars right now, there's an article through CNBC, a video saying the efficacy of wearing three masks now is the new. Oh. So, so the two masks was, was, was only around for like a week or something. Now there's, I'm literally, yeah, I'm not even joking. And you're just playing with us, man. Talking about three masks. They're just playing. You know, this is reminds me, there was a Saturday Night Live uh, skit that was, that was an old one. It had to be 80s or something. I remember I was a kid or young. And it was um, uh, multi-track razors. You know, you had single-blade razors, 
Then it went to two. Then it went to three. And they came out and they go, oh, five razor blades. And they were making fun of it. You know that, oh, it's five. Now they got five, you know. You got the Mach 5. I will say, I, will say I, do, I do like my five uh, blade razor. Yeah, whatever, uh, man. I, I mean, you know, it's just a fact that they, of course they are. You know, is it, I, 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 whatever. So this is what they're, it reminds me of a Saturday Night Live thing. They're going to have this freaking 47 mask thing that they're huffing through, you know, if they were Saturday Night Live like they used to be. But um, so you're, when you went off of Facebook, um, what, any immediate impact on your anything other than uh, you got more time? I mean, it's been six days, so I mean, we're still out there, but I've been posting a little bit on float, but not like crazy. Uh, I mean, then again, the waning day of Facebook, I wasn't really posting too much in there anyway. But yeah, I'm usually, you know, making one post a day on float.app, which is, you know, Aaron and Kingsley Edwards platform, and they're rocking and rolling over there getting. Uh, I mean, there's, you know, it's a little bit slow because they've uh, had massive amounts of traffic increase. Like BitChute's had a massive amount of traffic increase. Libraries, I mean, all these alternative platforms have been massively expanding. And then you get something like Parler, which I'm sure you've, you know, touched on a bunch where it's like, yeah, the family that, you know, owned Cambridge Analytica and was selling out your data, uh, they're the ones who own part of Parler. And then by the way, they keep it on AWS and you have to give up a driver's license in order to be like their blue check mark. And so, and AWS, Amazon. Like, I almost feel, yeah, I almost feel, I mean, you know, I don't feel for anyone that was dumb enough to give up their driver's license to uh, Parler. I mean, I think you almost deserve to be hacked at that point. I mean, you're like, oh yeah, the new free speech platform. All you need to do is let's give up your driver's license front and back to. Yeah, no, I'm, I give you an example. To. There was, um, Patrick Byrne was on Dave Rubin, and they met and kind of liked each other. So Patrick uh, invested and has helped pimp um, Locals.com. It's local with an S, Locals.com. And it's kind of a you know, multimedia platform for content providers and whatever. And I, So I go, I'll go check it out. You know, you know, this might be one of the things, and you know, because I'm limited in what I want to play with. We're working on Float, Donna, you know, the fun Float, and we're still – Looking for see the problem with BitChute, it's not content provider friendly. I mean, to load up a video, if I'm doing three a day, three hours a day, you never get caught up. I mean, it takes so long to process it, but I'm like, nah, you know, YouTube's got it on that, man. They they see, they went for the content thing. And you want to put it up, boom, we, we, we rock and roll. Well, locals, you read it in terms of service, and it's all this copyright and somebody and doing strike, and we can take you down and you know get over it so i'm just going it's more of the same it's going to be hollis you know yeah especially if you're starting off with is that with the policy i mean it's only going to get worse from there but, I mean, so I mean, a lot of times right turn dependent on that stuff and eventually sell out so definitely a bad sign if that's uh, you know, my first impression of that platform but you know so by and large i mean i don't think the human psyche is meant to deal with you know reading thousands of comments or, you know, or, you know, back when I was getting a lot of traction, I mean, you know, tens of thousands of comments and things and people, you know, come here and get into this whole thing. The human psyche, I don't think it's really meant for that. And so, you know, I, I do find myself a little bit happier being off there. And I, really, you know, I guess you don't know. Uh, happier, Tim.